Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, the podcast that explores Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois, and Jimmy cannot be here today. So uh, we're doing something different, something fun, something cool. I can't say he's better than Jimmy, but uh, he is ginger than Jimmy. It's Matt Hensley, everybody. Say hi, Matt. What's going on? What's going on? How are you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm so glad you get to be on the podcast. We get to hang out and talk. And, you know, we, we basically, we, we text throughout the year, and then we see each other somewhere, like at a convention or something, and that's it. Yeah. But now, you're, you're here. Now we're, we see each other here. We're going we're gonna to have a conversation. It's going to be fun. Before we get to, well, I don't know, you're so busy. Because you're a company man. You're so busy at the convention. Yes. I might not get to see you. Yeah. You got stuff to do. But uh, I hope I do get to see you there. New Orleans this year. Yeah. Now, New Orleans? I mean, I don't know. I've, I've only been to New Orleans like uh, never. So I'm not really sure if I'm going to do uh, a great job there or, uh, you know, representing uh, mid, mid Midwestern folk. Um, I don't really know what to think of New Orleans because I kind of understand the South. I kind of understand the Southwest. Um, I kind of understand the Southeast, but I don't know what New Orleans is. It's like its own thing, right? Yeah. It, it has phenomenal food. Uh-huh. It has phenomenal culture and, uh, and some great music. I, I know that kind of goes with both. Kind of that falls under the culture. Uh, they have some great – if you like seafood, I loathe seafood. I hate it. And so it's some of the options are that's limiting for me. Yeah. Uh, but char grilled oysters, that kind of thing. Jamie do at I'm New down. Orleans seminary, uh, turned me on to those and I actually will eat those. Good. Uh, but some of the other stuff I'm out immediately. Well, no, listen, I, all I know is I'm going to, I'm going to eat a lot. I'm going to get some beads, Yep. but I have to, oh, yeah. I have to find righteous ways to get beads. So, I mean, I don't yeah. know if I can just preach the gospel and get beads. I don't know what I get to do. I get to argue with people. We've, We've got an even better, you know, idea is as soon as you go to the mic and make some kind of an, an amendment or whatever it might be, Bart's going to start throwing the beads from the stage. That's oh, the, that's the okay. That's uh, the this, this is yeah. good. I can get behind this. Well, listen, if you guys don't know who yeah. Matt is, uh, Matt Hensley, also known as the, the Waffle King, uh, the, the, the radical runner, uh, he is the Associational Missionary of Colin Baptist Association and one of the pastors of First Baptist Church, uh, Farmersville. Um, it, You've you've seen if you're a Southern Baptist, you know who he is. I, mean, I think most people just know you ran the uh, you were in charge of the pastors conference last year at the SBC. Isn't that correct? Oh yeah, and it was. And isn't yeah. that why we had like so many ladies there voting on who's going to be the next president? Because like you yep. didn't run a tight enough ship. Is that what happened? A hundred percent. It was a completely and totally my fault. I take all full and total responsibility. Uh, wow, yeah, that so, was fun. That was a lot of fun. See, people don't know. Like, uh, denominational meetings are either boring or they're dramatic. <laughs> That's really the only thing. Mean, yeah. Rarely are they just awesome and fun, right? Uh, yeah. And if there is awesomeness and fun, it's usually you know outside of the event. Um, we're getting into the dramatic uh, years again here with the SBC um, with all kinds of uh, internal conflict and, and whatnot. Yeah. So that's why I've always been thankful for a guy like you, Matt, who is – Involved and invested, but not um, you're not a drama mama. You are uh, you are a gospel centered, peaceful dude, and um, I appreciate you and, and what you do. Yeah, and that was. I mean, we got to come on and talk about the pod or the uh, not the podcast, the uh, the pastors conference last year. And that was our heart. There was hey, we know that a lot of business and a lot of drama is coming. Yep. We wanted to 
take the high road and make everything about the preaching of the word, the, the worship as we sang, the worship as we preached, pray, all of that, and, and had an amazing time doing that. And we're going to have another round of that this year with Daniel Dickard, uh, who is doing the, the pastor's conference this year in New Orleans, uh, about, I think, character matters. I can't remember his exact uh, uh, theme, but the same idea, all about the preaching, all about that encouragement that you're going to get from there. Mm-hmm. And his his is focusing also on some of the separate groups too, the ladies and, okay. you know, kids, ministers, all of that. Like, And so it's doing a great job and kind of that whole idea of let's let's just have a day or two where we just worship and yeah. encourage one another. And in the conversations that I had during those two days and, you know, because I, I worked really hard before it so that I could enjoy it when I got mm. there. I didn't want to have to do a whole lot. And so I got to listen to a lot of the sermons, That's great. enjoyed some of those, or I enjoyed all of the ones that I listened to. I just didn't get to listen to all of them. Uh, but sit by different pastors, see people I knew, see people I didn't hear how they're doing, what's going on at their church. So it's a lot of fun. I'll get to do that this year as a bystander. So yeah. that's going to be fun. And uh, But that's what I love about that front end is it's it's sort of the calm before the storm. Yeah, everybody loves one another. We're all singing. We're all praising, all of that kind of stuff. And and then the gloves come on uh, but uh, or go off, whatever you say it. But, well, if, it, uh, if, it, anyway, if it's an interesting great. fight, the gloves come off. Um, if it's if it's yeah. a sanctioned bout, usually the gloves are on. Um, that's true. Listen, so how many... We just, do have bylaws and stuff. <laughs> I know. Uh, I love... A good event. I love a good event. I, 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 you know, as much of an introvert as I am, I like to be left alone. Don't talk to me. Leave me alone. Um, I do love a good event, a good conference, right? And I, I don't think that they're all that common, to be honest. I think a really good one, they're, they tend to be rather uncommon. Um, so, but pulling off a conference is hard. And I know that you know you were the guy in charge of the pastor's conference last year, but you had volunteers, people like doing different things, I'm sure. But how many people were at that event? And that's my first question. How many people were at that event? And then I got a follow up. Okay. Uh, I think if I remember correct, our high was about six K I think was our high. <laughs> that's a lot of people, dude. Okay. So yeah, the, the I le- made them all mad. The, it was great. <laughs> the logistics, if you've never put on an event, uh, imagine the logistics of putting on an event with 6,000 people. And now imagine speakers, lights. I mean, every it's just, it's incredibly complex. It is absolutely destructive to the soul to put on an event at that scale. And I don't say this as a guy who's had experience doing that. I know people who put on events that big and larger, and I see them the day of. And they are not relaxed. They do not have a chance. They they have not arranged it in such a way where they can find moments to sit down. Um, I remember talking to, I can't remember his name now, but he was running TGC back in the day, the early days, when he ran the gospel conference, together for the gospel conference. No, the Gospel Coalition Conference. That's the one. Yeah. And he looked like a zombie. He was so, because he had spent <laughs> so much time to the buildup. Um, after, now that you've done it and you've, you've put together a, a rather high-level conference uh, with a lot of people, um, is it something that you would do again? Is it something that you want to stay away from? Like, what did you learn by went through putting on that uh, that event? I I learned that it is a lot of work, that it is only going to be as successful as those that you get uh, to, to help you. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you can't do it on your own, for sure. Uh, if if I could take maybe the fundraising component out of it, paying yeah. for it, because that fell completely on me, if I could take that off, I would do it every day. I had so much fun mm. doing, like, I loved the dreaming side of planning what 
text we were going to preach, how we were going to break it up. I mean, we got with, you know, theologians at Southwestern Seminary, and they helped us break it up with pericopes that we could do kind do, of I'm in, sorry, in the way they, we were doing it. I didn't know they had theologians at Southwestern. When did that happen? They do have a few. They have, yeah, they do, man. I'm, being, I'm, I'm just I'm being funny. Not really. Uh, but, uh, That's cool. But yeah, we, we did that. And then, you know, the, the stuff that I didn't have to do that you have to do, the whole getting, you know, because we tried to get pastors from literally all over the country to, to yeah. represent, you know, north, south, east, west, every in the middle, all of that. Big church, small church. So some that were close to airports, some that weren't. So yep. we had to navigate that. And I didn't have to do any of that mm. because that was that was the one thing that we spent money for that I will never regret is we hired an event company uh, that helped on all of that. So I got to Great. offload most of that, the Good. whole logistics side. Then I could focus on what I hated, unfortunately, <laughs> was the fundraising uh, that fell on me. I think I even asked you for money. Yeah. And I yeah. asked everybody. Did I, did I give and, any? No. I didn't think so. <laughs> no. Aaron Scarborough did, uh, for, you know. Well, yeah. That, you know, look at look saying. at that. Look at you yeah. see. They, they He's have got plenty of money. They, they got money down there in Texas. Yeah, they do. You know, they got money. And, got uh, this fancy so church. All, all of that in in the conversations. And now, just a quick since, since we shared some of my hearts of what we wanted to do with it. At the end, uh, we had a moment where we were turning it over to just some time of prayer. Like we realized that. You've probably preached it before. Everybody's, I don't remember who said it first, but everybody's in a trial, coming out of a trial or doesn't know it. They're about to go in one. And so I was like, some of y'all have been in the middle of of the mess right now and you're just really struggling or you just came out of it and you're about to go in, whatever it might be, wherever this finds you, we want to take a moment to pray. And as we did, uh, a pastor buddy of mine, uh, we found out his wife had just been diagnosed with a pretty aggressive form of breast cancer. And so in the moment, you know, it's like that's where plans and what you want to do and all of that kind of takes the back seat. And so we actually brought her up to the stage with him and prayed over them and, and then had people that were dealing with something like that. Some of it's just weighing on them, taking out whatever, uh, whatever it may be. And we just had a, a time of prayer and just a neat, super great thing is I think it was about two or three months later, I get a text from them uh, that she's healed. Yeah. And uh, he's doing great. And he's actually now moved to Texas. So we got him out of the land of en- entrapment and got him to Texas. And uh, so I'm grateful for that. But uh, awesome. that was Aaron Collier and his wife, Krista, and oh, just man. an answer to prayer. So it's just a sweet moment. And all the preaching, all that kind of stuff was wonderful. But it was this time of just dedicated prayer mm. uh, that hearing some of the testimonies that came out of that was really cool. You got, I mean, it's, it's hard to be flexible, to be led by the Spirit, to... To be spontaneous when you're dealing with such a high level, all, all eyes are on me kind of event, just to be honest, right? It doesn't matter whether it's it's church, conference, or something else. You know, you, it, you, you're you kind of risking things, right, if, from in our perspective. If you're like, well, I'm going to kind of change things up. We're going to try something here in the moment. Uh, but I'm so glad that you did. I'm so glad that, like, there are Christians and leaders that say, like, you know what? We've planned this out, but we're going we're gonna to do something different here because we really see that God is at work. Something's going on. Let's get behind it. And I think that's that's really cool. It's, it's one of the things that— um, I've always appreciated about you, Matt, is that you, from my perspective, right, you are all in. Like with your church, you're all in. Like if I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to be at my church, I'm going to be all in. If I'm going to be Southern Baptist, I'm going to be all in, right? Now, this doesn't mean that, you know, you're going to 
be all in in the same way that another person is. But for you at your capacity, at your passion levels, you seem to be a guy that goes all in. And that's why I wanted you to come on the podcast because I wanted to talk about denominational or convention, if you're going to be uptight and pretend that we're not a denomination for some reason, uh, denominational investment and exhaustion. Because, uh, you know, I've been heavily invested at the local level in the past. Um, I've been fairly invested at the national level. And then I've been completely pulled back uh, for a number of years. And now I'm getting back involved um, at the national level going each year to make sure that I'm staying on top of things and meeting with people and being a part of the process that we have. Um, Why why do you seem to be, and you just correct me if I'm wrong, but why do you seem to be a guy that is that, that leans towards investment when it comes to a denomination when so many people that i've seen in the past especially guys that are what i would consider what many would consider successful pastors like in terms of like lots of things are happening they're not they're uh they're they're, they're sort of pulled back and disconnected why are you inclined to be a, an investor in a denomination the first probably goes back to the the, the personality side for, for me, things that I do, I just naturally go all in, whatever that may be. If it was running, it wasn't just running 5Ks. It was the crazy ultra marathons every weekend type thing. Um, you mentioned the waffle deal. Mm-hmm. like three. I think I'm at 3,700 and something days. Did you have a uh, waffle right today? Now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was a butterscotch waffle, actually. It was amazing. And uh, but, but yeah, every day my wife gets up and makes a waffle. If I'm out of town, I take one from home or, or whatever. Like I'm, I'm all in on, on anything was raised that way. You don't do anything halfway. So that matter. So that's just kind of part of maybe my DNA, just how I'm wired. Uh, but for me, it's also not, not what I can get out of it because uh, about all I've gotten out of it has been a lot of work, sometimes a lot of headache, a lot of stress, uh, a few more gray hairs, not as many as you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, that sort of deal. I did have the pastor's conference opportunity, but again, that was a ton of work and, and, you know, certainly an honor, but it's also like, Hey, congrats, go raise half a million dollars in, <laughs> you know, in your little tiny church in Mayhill, New Mexico, that has never seen half a million dollars in its life. So, uh, you know, it's like that, but it, I also strongly believe in the great commission strongly, obviously believe in the great commandment. And, you know, for, for me, when I think of that, and think of the SBC, and particularly, I see the SBC through the lens of the cooperative program and what we're able to do together, which was, you know, at Mayhill Baptist Church, you know, we, you know, the church that I, some, some that are listening don't realize I'm not there anymore, but I was at Mayhill Baptist Church, serving a church in like a town of 56 people. Our church had grown to, you know, 150, 160 or so, which was great. Uh, and on our own, we could support maybe a missionary uh, on our own. And, you know, we couldn't have more staff, all that kind of stuff, but through the cooperative program, yeah. we were able to link arms with your church, you know, first Farmersville where I'm at now, or any, all the other 40 something thousand churches we have to be able to send out thousands of missionaries. And, and we just celebrated the 10,000th, uh, church plant, I think just was announced yesterday. They hit 10,000, uh, with North American mission board, all the seminaries, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Uh, that's a long answer to say, I believe in what we can accomplish together. And so I, whether I have a, a seat there that's, that's given to me or a seat there that I have to kind of take myself, I just believe what we're accomplishing together matters. And so I just want to be all in and that, um, so I get to do that on the local level now as a DOM or AMS, whatever we're called. 
and, and of course at my church, like you said, all in, I believe in what our church is trying to accomplish. And so I'm going to be all in there. Uh, and that's what we would want in our members. And, and that's kind of maybe filtered through how I engage on the, the national level. We would want our members. And of course, the SBC is more than just the pastors, but largely that's who goes to these events. So uh, that's still how I view it is what would I want from in, in a church member? You know, they give, they're part of this, they believe in this, you know, they spread the word about this. Like, and so I try to do the same thing in the areas of Houston Astros and the SBC. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it really, like, I guess it all comes down to, as I'm trying to like kind of take everything that you've said and, and condense it down, it seems to me like you're saying you're invested because A, you're wired in in a way that you you, you, you are a buy-in guy if you believe in something, but then also theologically, biblically, you, you yeah. believe that God has called not just you and not just your church, but God's people to work together to make disciples. Um, and so like the best, one of the best ways to do that, right, is to function together cooperatively. I mean, Baptists have been cooperating together since we came out of the womb in the 17th century, right? Like Baptists, we partner together, we cooperate. And so, um, and of course, churches have been doing this long before that, but we, we, we definitely believe in cooperation, partnering, because we know that the task that God has given the church to do um, is best carried off, uh, Carried um, carried on by uh, by local churches that can pool their resources in order to have a bigger impact. Now, with that comes uh, like restrictions and roadblocks because you know, every, like my church, the church that I'm a part of, um, we have our own culture, we have our, you know our theological identity, all that stuff, and so we have a lot in common with some people, and we have less in common with other people or other churches. When it comes to the SBC, it's a pretty big tent. You have to be a Baptist, right? But it's a pretty broad tent. You can be reformed or Calvinistic or not. That's, you know, whatever. But there are parameters. We have a confession of faith, the Baptist, you know, faith and message. So um, when you have a broader sort of uh, uh, collection of people and you're starting to, to work together, there are going to be either you can you can call them restri- some restrictions, but there are also going to be some exceptions that you have to make that you might not make in your church, but you have to make in the association. And so the question is, is it worth it to be a part of a big convention with the largest, largest Protestant denomination in the world? We have 16 fake members, um, 16, (laughs) 16 million fake members. We have about like what, six or five actual million members, but, um, but we're the largest Protestant denomination. Um, is it worth it in your estimation to, to say, hey, we're going to partner with all of these churches and there's going to be some people doing things we don't like and people that are just like us, but we're all Baptists and we all love Jesus, so let's get going. Or would it be better to be a part of a smaller network of churches where you're all in like true agreement on all of the all of the issues that matter to you, uh, but you have less less resources? I, I think I know your answer, So, but what is it and why? Yeah, uh, if I could tell a brief story, yeah. I, I would share, you know, the, the value that I received. Um, and, and I know you called me a company man and, and I'm Mr. Southwestern, but my very first class at Southwestern was evangelism 101, whatever it was, 1301, whatever it was. And I'm going, this was under the, you know, the previous administration or now this 
previous, previous administration. And so I knew it wasn't the most friendly uh, era for people like me. And I walk in and, and because day one. What, 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 what's you? Calvinism. Yeah, there we go. Calvinism. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to be coy, man. <laughs> Call me <laughs> no, out. No, uh, no. But anyway, no. Uh, but anyway, like day one, my, my professor, uh, Dr. Matt Queen, just got in and kind of railed on on what I believed and why, you know, we can't extend an invitation because of what we believe and yeah. da, 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 da. Like just kind of went in. And I'm the type in a class and, and certainly in a seminary, college, whatever, I'm not, I'm built to question things, but I'll question it through my writing. I'm not going to sit there and have an argument with the professor. I feel like he's there to tell me or she's there to tell me whatever they need to tell me. I can argue when I write. I don't need to argue. But I was so mad. Like I raised my hand and I said, well, you know, tell that to Jim Elliott, whatever. I started saying yeah. all the stuff and, and, and we kind of went off on one another and, and, somewhat graciously he was much more gracious than i was i'll say that and uh we kind of hit the pause button he said we're we're just going to pause on that move forward and you and i we can talk another time and so we we did had a great gracious godly conversation he listened to my concerns i listened to to his uh and and he kind of softened his tone i softened mine we ended up sharing the gospel together, all this kind of stuff. And now this brother is one of my best friends. Yeah, that's cool. We are constantly talking about when when I've shared the gospel, what happened. When he shared the gospel, somebody always gets saved. When I do, nobody does because I <laughs> only find the non-elect. But, uh, but so we'll share those things back and forth. And so my answer is is kind of in that because I see the value. He made me a better evangelist, um, not because we had differing uh, theological, you know, persuasions, especially when it comes to salvation, uh, but that we found what we were united in, obviously the gospel of Jesus Christ and the call that both Calvinists and non-Calvinists affirm is that we're supposed to extend that call and, and give people a chance to respond. And so, uh, I found that value there in our theological, you know, this was maybe a not, well, not minor, but a smaller scope of when you're dealing with, you know, the, issues of baptism, you know, that's, that's like core of who we are. So that's one where we would depart. Um, yeah. you've got other issues about, you know, religious freedom, uh, that some people take a different bent on where they land on certain things where that would be a dividing line, uh, for, for them, but it's part of our identity, our mark as a Baptist. And so I see that. And so my answer then is yes to, to say, and I think each person, and maybe each autonomous church would have to say, here, here are our railings. Yeah. Here's how far we would go. Here's how far I'm comfortable with. I can't, I can't link arms to it. I would think of it this way. I cannot link arms together with this, this brother over this, whatever this might be, and then make the cut there, uh, you know, theological triage, whatever it may be for, for each individual to be able to say, I still want to get that tent as far as I am comfortable with. And, and so I think everybody could, could come to that conclusion. And so for me, I, I can worship with and uh, link arms with a non-Calvinist and a Calvinist, uh, you know, a, uh, and, and I can worship with a paedo-baptist, sure. uh, somebody that's baptizing babies. Uh, but I'm not going to cooperate to, to plant a church yeah. because that's a, that, that's a clear, you know, distinction that we have sure. between the two of us. And so that's where I'm at. Yeah, levels of fellowship, right? And like yeah. I mean, most most people are reasonable enough to understand that, you know, like, 
you know, there are, there are essentials that determine whether or not we're orthodox. There are those essentials that, uh, that determine how we're going to function as local churches, right? Like it's like they're different, different sort of parameters around which we unite. Okay. So, and, and I, and I agree, I've always liked the idea of working in a big tent because I like being around people like me, but I also like being around people that are not like me. I benefit from that. Um, yeah. and so I like the big tent, you know, I know who I am. I know what we're all about. We have our identity. Um, we're not worried about it, but, um, you know, there's boy, uh, even, even when you agree on that, like, to be honest, like we evaluate, uh, constant, we are constantly evaluating who we are in partnership with. And, yeah. um, so like, you know, we, we did that with acts 29 and we ultimately like bailed for a number of reasons. Um, and we shared a lot of that, uh, why we were leaving, of course, our, our church understood. And so it's always on the table. Like, uh, are, are we going to stay Southern Baptist? And so, so far I haven't seen a reason for us to bow out. I want to be a Southern Baptist church. Um, even though I think we are way behind on a number of issues that we, we should, I mean, honestly, as, as, as stupid as people think it is, I think the name, uh, is incredibly important. I think we need to change the name. Like I'm big on that, but whatever. Um, but there are issues, right, that are important, that are concerning and things that we have seen unfold. Um, and so our church was, you know, we were very transparent about what's been going on in the SBC. And uh, what I'm always encouraged by are what most of our member churches and, and, and uh, messengers do. Like, I, the, by and large, like when I, when I go to the SBC, every time I've gone to the SBC, which is many, many times, uh, I meet people that are from a completely different part of the country, a completely different church. And like, they're cool. They love Jesus. Yeah. They love the mission. They want to make disciples. They're not out there lying about who did what and getting online on Twitter and like just being awful, yeah. embarrassed, embarrassing examples of what not to be. Um, I meet regular great people. So there's this tension, right? About like how, how much do I want to be uh, involved? Because when, if the more I get involved, the more discouraging it can be. I get discouraged, I get frustrated, or I get angry, or I get depressed. I, I, I hate social media because I, by and large, I just see a bunch of nonsense going on most of the time. I'm rarely encouraged by what I see on that. How do you find a, a, a path to navigate through all of the discouraging things? Because you can't, you simply can't have, you know, millions of people in one organization and not have mess and sin and just craziness. Right. So, so we're a big convention there's going to be complications and mess. How do you navigate being all in without being exhausted through the craziness and the discouragement? Yeah. Step one is be very judicious with uh, your mute button <laughs> on Twitter. I probably see 5% of the drama uh, in the discouragement and so forth. I, that that's more for my heart. Yeah. Um, because I, I want to like one, I, I know how I can kind of dwell on those things. I, I can tend to be more of a, I, I seem positive, all of that, but I, I, I just know my heart can lean towards pessimism a lot and discouragement. And that's one of the reasons I try to battle that so much. And so I try to fill my feed with the IMB type stuff, the NAM type stuff, the all of those kinds of things to see that, to almost be that reminder. Uh, and I've joked before, like if I could be a Southern Baptist for, you know, those two days in June and just be whatever the rest of the year, I'm all in. <laughs> because it kind of like you said, it's like the rest of the year, 
It's like we lose our ever-loving mind, uh, at least on social media. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get together and we realize how small that really is in, in the grand scheme of things. Because for the rest of the year, most of the pastors aren't sitting there on their keyboards doing X, Y, and Z. They're out knocking on doors or discipling people in their church and, and you know preaching the gospel, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. The, the vast majority of our churches are, are healthy, solid. They, they differ on, on different areas, whatever it might be. But they're not they're not waging that kind of internet yeah. war, and and so that is what kind of encourages me because I know that reality is not social media. Just yeah. like you know, I was talking to my daughter the other day about how you know when when I post on social media, you know, donuts with dad, I'm posting usually the highlights. Sure. I'm not usually saying, "Hey, my daughter just said I'm a terrible father." <laughs> like I don't usually post yeah. that. Right. <laughs> and so uh, we're usually not that honest. Uh, we've got maybe some older people on our social media that share too much, but typically yeah. we're sharing the highlights. And so it's kind of the same thing for, for me is it's not reality. Uh, just like there's when I struggle with depression, whatever it might be, I've written about it before uh, to, to be helpful, but I'm not usually just sharing that because I don't want the sympathy, you know, likes and, and that kind of stuff. And so I'm always careful there. And so I share the highlights. So I also realize on the opposite side of that, that there are people that spend all day and you can usually watch the time that they're posting. It's times that they would be in the office, whatever it might yeah. be, just waging war on the keyboard mm-hmm. with everything that's that's wrong, like airing their grievances in, instead of the day they're supposed to do that every single day of the year. And so I've just muted it. So that's one reason, like I live in this alternate reality that the SBC loves one another and is advancing the kingdom all around mm-hmm. the globe because the reality is, it is. And so we've got missionaries just out the wazoo. Uh, you know, I can't remember the number that they just commissioned just a few weeks ago, another commissioning ceremony for that. Uh, we've got, you know, the big church planting milestone and there's issues with all of these. Like sure. there's things that we can't ever just back up and say, you know, let's just let it run its course. Like we can never do that. We always have to stay on guard, uh, and address those things as they happen but almost looking for fault mm-hmm. and looking for issue that, that some do where we'll spend their whole day, you know, searching website after website, sermon after sermon, just trying to tear somebody down. I just don't get it because I never had the time kind of time to yeah. ever do that. Um, and certainly the desire, uh, when I was trying to pastor a church and, uh, and so, and I, I caught a little flack because I'm usually Mr. Encouraging nice guy on Twitter. And I shared uh, a few weeks ago, like, how do people have time? Somebody had asked, how do people have time to do this? You know, this whole just kerfluffle all day long. And I said, look at their ACP and find out. And for those that are listening in that don't know, that's our annual church profile. And that's where most churches will submit you know, their attendance, their baptism, their giving, all, all that kind of stuff. The, the SBC baseball card that I like to call it. And almost without fail, looking at each of them, what I would find is somebody that's really not pastoring his church. Um, in, in the sense of, you know, one that comes to mind is had, had grown it from about 250 down to about 60 with four baptisms since he's been there. Uh, one of the loudest voices. And I'm like, I don't need to listen to that. You know, it's kind of yeah. like the whole, do, don't take advice from somebody or, or don't take criticism from somebody you wouldn't take advice from. It's kind of the same yeah. idea yeah. that I, I, I filter some of those a little bit. And, uh, and so I, I think there are concerns and I think that when you get a room, a representative, I can't say that word representative body of all of these churches coming together, of course, it's still a fraction 
but but generally, and you have that multitude there together uh, that I think led by the Spirit, following God's Word, that 99% of the time are going to come to the right decision. And, and I kind of trust that process. And there's going to be times that that decision might be, I voted a different way. Sure. And, and I have to kind of decide, okay, well, that's going to be a step too far for me. Or, you know, I can uh, agree to disagree and, mm-hmm. and, you know, learn from it. Yeah, I like that. You know, I, we've, and we came back last year, um, you know, we explained like uh, the, 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 the results, you know, that we're getting back of uh, some of the things that happened aren't good. But like we, the body asked for this. Like we said, go look. We didn't hi- like we didn't hide anything as a convention. Like we were yeah. like we the convention is the people. We want to know it's it exists for two days. We want to know, so we demanded it. We got the answers. There were people that were hiding stuff, but that's not the convention. Yeah. And so like that's yeah. for me, it's still worth it. I love the SBC. Um, the SBC, by and large, has been very kind to me as an individual and to our church. Um, our local association was super whack, so we, we didn't. Uh, I used to lead. I was like vice moderator back in the day. I have to know Robert's rules and all that stuff. Uh, but then they got a little, 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 little upside down, you know. Yeah. And so uh, ours it, is too, man. Ours is too. Oh. It's, it, I'm just kidding. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, you're yeah. you're 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 in charge, so uh, you know. It's my it, fault. As much as a DOM director of missions, what are they called now? Uh, associational mission strategist. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, it's like, you know, we, I was, listen, I was the vice moderator, uh, like in a, in a former church, everybody knows me, knows other people. So our church relaunched as a new church. And I said, listen, we're going to be real. We're going to be applying. And they were like, don't worry about it. You don't have to just, we'll just kind of like, you know, make it. And I'm like, no, it's, we've just, dis- we, we, we disbanded. We're reconstituting. We are a new church. We need to do it by the book. We want to formally do it. And they're like, all right. So we do it. And uh, so we're doing the interview and I got the elders, you know, the elder candidates that, you know, basically uh, that are leading the church with me there. And we're, and they come after us over, <laughs> over election. And uh, they, they, and I'm like, what, what are you guys doing? Like, you know, you know that we're a Reformed Baptist church um, yeah. and they're coming after us. And by the way, these are guys who, who couldn't actually, who actually don't have an opinion on election because it's all mystery to them. But they're coming yeah. after us. And I'm like, uh, like, what are you talking about? We, we embrace the Baptist faith and message. That's the end of this discussion. Like, if you have, if you, if you don't understand how we do reconcile these things in our heads, that's fine. But like, I don't know why you're picking on this. And so they did that afterwards, these, these guys who were planting, replanting this church with me, they were like, I don't, I don't want us to be a part of that. Like that was, they were so like, we don't want to leave the SBC. And these guys were, these guys were SBC guys for decades. We don't want to leave this people. Like, we don't want to be a part of this. They were, they were weird and hostile. And, uh, and the association began to be a place where it didn't function like it's supposed to. Associations are there for churches. The churches don't exist for the association. And they really reversed that. So, the convention, the, the Southern Baptist Convention, I think, really does exist for the churches, but we have to stay on top of that uh, because there are people who maybe, you know, from time to time are going to want to reverse that and how they uh, and how they either seek to lead or influence the convention. All right, I got one more question for you, uh, and then we've got to wrap it up because um, I know you're, you have more waffles to eat, more miles to run. Sure. Um, Let's say you're you're a part of a Southern Baptist church, right? You're already in because it's a whole other discussion about joining the SBC. But let's say you you know mm-hmm. you're you're a Southern Baptist church and um, you've never been involved. You're just kind of doing your thing, you know, being faithful to the Lord, making disciples. 
And you know, you're feeling like I really probably should get involved, be more responsible with this connection that God has led us to be a part of. What are like the the simplest and most important ways for people who have not been invested or connected to actually step into that and be more a part of the convention? Yeah. Uh, I, I know I, I don't want to assume that your 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 listeners are, are ignorant to this, so I'm not saying this like to dumb it down. But I think just walking through what the SBC is, yeah. uh, you know, in the case of like in, in somebody that finds himself in, in Collin County, my encouragement would be, hey, every quarter we've got our executive board meeting. Come and see how how the local association of all of these churches, because it's like a microcosm of what then happens at the state level and then at the national level. And so ours does function well. Um, you know, we do have. Uh, that that kind of polity and so forth, very similar in, in everything kind of follows the same format or annual meetings, the same as like a state convention. So it's like a taste, but it's also something that they can, you know, when, when somebody would go and because I would encourage them, my, my final encouragement is go to the annual meeting as well, the SBC annual meeting. But it's also kind of hard to, in your hands, get a feel for what this is, in, this is accomplishing. So mm-hmm. we can see it, you know, we see the missionary. So that's good. That it does help. That's wonderful. But on the local level and, and to a degree on the state level, you're you're able to link those arms and do a pregnancy center uh, where you yeah. can literally not just fund it, but go and volunteer at it. You know, whereas with you know missions and so forth, typically you can fund it. And I guess you could do a mission trip and, and go and serve. You know, our church has a mission uh, effort in Senegal where we work alongside the IMB and, and do some stuff there. Uh, but you you have those options, but really on a local level, things that matter in your area that's going to be different here than it would be in, in uh, Illinois for you. Uh, but for us, whatever those might be, then you can jump in. And so you can get your hands dirty and get involved, not just with your votes or your tithe, just like you would want your people to be involved in your church. So I would say do what you do at your church, mm. but now on the local level. And then to the degree that you're able, um, you know, the state conventions usually will have if you're like a vac- vacation Bible school volunteer, uh, they they usually have trainings all over the state where go and and learn how to do your your role better. If it's music, if it's whatever, they have all of that kind of breakout. So there's all these other ways to be involved and receive edification from it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know our state has the evangelism uh, conference. That's what I think one of the top conferences that are out there. I got in trouble because I skipped it this year. Uh, I was just, I was just wiped, man. And, uh, and, but it's great preaching, great practical. And and it's like, it's here, but Hey, go and be fed, uh, for a weekend for this thing. Uh, and then of course the final one is maybe just go take you some popcorn and watch the show. Like, just go see what we do because there will be the drama. There will be the angry moments, the tense moments where, you, you feel the collective rolling of the eyes when certain people get to the mic. You, that's just part of it. We also have that at the local church level. Yeah. You know, when, when so-and-so goes to the mic during a business meeting, you're like, here we go. You know, we didn't clean out the bus on, you know, correctly, or we didn't fill it up correctly. Whatever it might be, it's the same thing, you know, every time. So the same thing happens on the national level, but you also get to see and hear the reports from the seminaries, yeah. from the church planting. And, and my favorite, of course, is the mission sending where you have the people that come across the stage, they share their testimony, where they're going, some that you can't see or know their name because of where they're going. Yep. 
And then they usually spread out across, uh, I don't know how we're doing it this year, but they usually will spread out across the, you know, the crowd and people will just, I mean, just convene on them for yeah. people like you and me. We usually sit in our our seats and just kind of hold our hand up in the general direction because we're introverts. Yeah. But others, man, they're right up. Oh yeah, put their hands out on and start praying. Uh, Baptists, and, I think overall, just, Baptist Southern Baptists are t- more touchy uh, on yeah. on the scale. They're 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 more well, like we shake hands, we hug. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. And that's one reason that I'm like I, I should be PCA or something. They probably don't. Probably. <laughs> you know, I should be uh, OPC. But, I'm cool. Yeah. I'll go hard. But. But yeah, that in in being able to see, because you see the good, bad, the ugly, but but ultimately you're seeing what we're trying to do through this process. And uh, and so that's why I think it matters. So, so yes, find that person, you know, in your church that maybe has that interest, wants to be involved, take them. If if the pastor is listening to this, take them with you to the next executive board meeting of your association. If it has one, uh, the annual meeting at your state, let them be involved, let them know, make that stuff available to your people to be involved so that they can see what they're contributing to. And then I think take as many people as you can to the annual meeting, of course, as messengers, but you don't have to be a messenger to go. You yeah. can go as a guest. Yeah. And, uh, and so it's, it's one of those things where I think you get out of it, what you put into exactly. it. And, uh, and so, uh, I think it's valuable. And for me, it's, it's a chance to see different areas. Like I wouldn't normally go to, New Orleans, it's not a place that I would I would say, hey, today I'm going to go to New Orleans. But for a couple of days, I'm going to eat. I'm going to hang out with people. I'm going to sing. I'm going to hear preaching. I'm going to do all of that kind of stuff and do the business of the SBC yeah. along the way. And so it's yeah. kind of cool to see the world that way or see the country that way. Yeah. So. see and, and, and see Christians from different parts of the country all coming together. Like that's something yep. cool too. I love it. All right, man. So like you guys that are listening, you heard him. Um if if you are in a Southern Baptist church, uh, all right, figure it out. Like talk to talk to somebody. If you're on staff and you don't know, find another pastor who does. Try to get a better grasp on what the Southern Baptist Convention actually is. Like, like learn learn the history. Uh, I, I I also agree. Go be, you know to if you're in your local association, go right. It's a really great thing to go to the state thing. Now listen, I know I know if you could most of the when I go to the state convention, it's been a while. It's pretty cringy. Uh, it's just overall, it's like, it's pretty cringy, but what's not cringy are, is the most important thing that's going on there. So it's like, you got to get past some of the dressing of things to go like, okay, so yeah, they're, they're a little, okay. It's, it's like your, it's like your, your, your parents, like, okay, so yeah, they're, they're style. They're a little out of style, the, but they're still like some of the best people on the planet. So like, let's respect and yeah. let's learn from them. I love that. And by the way, if you can't go to the convention and I think you should, uh, you can, they, we stream it now. Like you can actually stay on top of it. So you can do that too. Matt. And, and hey, I can't, I can't at all oversell how wonderful. I mean, my favorite part after the mission stuff is everything that happens outside of that yeah, room. Yeah, totally. And the exhibit hall out mm-hmm. getting a cup of coffee, having a bite to eat, whatever it might be hanging out, yeah. all of that kind of stuff. Uh, is what makes it worth it for me uh, because I, I've met lifelong friends uh, at annual meetings. Yeah, and uh, and so it's that's that's just cool, uh, especially when pastoring can be tough. You're dealing with you know, and that's that was kind of our heartbeat with the pastors' conference. Is yeah. you got people coming in on cloud nine, mm-hmm. their church is thriving. That's very few. Yeah. Uh, you have some barely hanging on, and so a lot of people that are coming to that are in any side of that, and you get to hear celebrate mourn cry yeah. laugh all of that that's what matters to me 
I love it, man. Matt, if people want to follow you on social media, I have it right up there on the screen. But if they're listening, uh, what is your handle? Yeah, on Twitter, it is at M Hensley for Matt Hensley at M Hensley. All right. H-E-N-S-L-E-E. And uh, you know what? Don't make him block you. Don't make him mute you. Don't be rude. Don't be, don't lie about things that are going on. And they get called out by the guy, you know, oh man, it's been a weird week. It's been so weird. <laughs> it's been so embarrassing. Oh, I get embarrassed sometimes as, an, as a Southern Baptist. But then I find guys like you and I'm like, you know what? I'm not embarrassed anymore because Matt is my bro. I love him. I love what you're doing. Uh, Keep eating waffles. uh, Keep running. Keep making disciples. And keep doing the good work with the convention, Matt. We really do appreciate you. Appreciate you and appreciate the time. So if you guys want to um, support our podcast, you know how to do that, right? Subscribe. Just subscribe to everything that's going on that we do. Like you can... um, you can uh, subscribe to the podcast that comes out on every Monday and Thursday. Uh, but if you want to financially support the podcast so that we can actually do more things, you can be a subscriber to All Access. Uh, just scroll down on your player there, your podcast player. Look for Support This Podcast. Click that link and off you're, you're going to go and you can be a part of it. Uh, we would we would love to for you to, to do that. But you can find us on social media at Doc and Devo. Engage us there. Uh, send us messages. Let us know what you want us to talk about and we will get to it as soon as we can. We appreciate you. Thanks for listening. God bless. Go back and uh, be a vital part of your local church. Mm